0: Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number four thirty nine. A quick programming note for all of you: like most of you, we've been scrambling to adjust to the challenges of stopping the spread of the coronavirus. So, we've switched up a few things here in the show. My work with Smithsonian Associates is extending to include several episodes that we've been laboring away on since before the pandemic upended our routines. But we're also shuffling in other episodes meant to ease the strain of social distancing and make your lives a little bit easier and better. We've asked some of our Smithsonian artists, curators, and educators who competed in the artists at work competition to join me and discuss their work as a kind of upbeat artist virtual tour where you can hear the story behind the image and the reason why these wonderful Smithsonian artists love art and being an artist. Our attempt, of course, is to inspire, bring some artistic joy to you during these times of isolation, perhaps, and to share these wonderful Smithsonian artists' talents, imagination, and artistry, all of which flows throughout the Smithsonian Associates program. The Artists at Work competition awarded 52 works, which were chosen from among 169 entries to the 2019 Artists at Work competition. The subjects of these works and the materials from which they are made are as diverse as the people who comprise the Smithsonian family and the collections of the institution itself. So gather with us and come and visit our tour with your ears. You know, before we start our first episode, I've asked Smithsonian Associates Director Frederica Edelman to join us and kick off our Artists at Work series.
1: I can't tell you what a special treat it is to be able to visit the Smithsonian's Artists at Work exhibition through audio means. It is absolutely astounding, especially during this time when we are all not only self isolating at home, but missing those places that we go-to for solace and and enjoyment and, and visual beauty. So the opportunity to hear from our stellar art instructors for the Smithsonian Associate Studio Arts Program, um, who were selected by this incredibly uh, uh, demanding jury, um, and that's my bird in the background that's screeching like that, because um, I too am home, but to celebrate our artists, um, and to hear about what went into the work that they produced and how they thought about the artwork, and also what they were thinking about when they entered this um, this competition is just an, an incredible gift, I think so i'm I'm just delighted to hear these um, and to get to know the artists from a different perspective you know when when we sit in our classes. We are artists. We go in at various levels. I am not only a rank amateur. I'm really just an admirer of art rather than a producer. But I know that our students come in at all various levels. And our artist instructors are right there with them, encouraging them, giving them tips, helping them hone their expertise. And to get the opportunity for all of our students and then all art students everywhere and all people who appreciate to hear from these artists who are superb instructors and teachers, but to talk about their process, their beliefs, their systems, their experiments, their their successes and failures. Um, what a what an incredible gift. Um, you know, all of my museum colleagues, not only at the Smithsonian, but well beyond are scrambling to provide virtual tours but there's a point at which you can you just can't look at art online all the time and having the opportunity to hear directly from the artists and to know that they too are in their studios or doing their work from home and thinking about this changed world in which we are all going to have to re-emerge and re-enter and we'll be looking back on this time period as, as we have, we, we, as artists, as scholars, as historians, we look back onto other time periods of, of isolation and epidemics and pandemics. We look back, and then we look forward, and we say, "Well, what did we learn? How did we change? What, what adjustments to my practice? What adjustments to the world? And how do we move forward?" So there's a hopefulness and and expression that opportunity and emotion that I think only the arts can provide. So thank you so much for listening and um, enjoy this audio tour of the artists at work exhibition, and it'll be up for a really long time. So when we're back, uh, I really, I hope you will have a chance to come down and, and see the artworks in person again.
0: Thanks so much, Freddie, for that inspiring message. And now, let's jump into our conversation with Bonnie Fitzgerald, the founder and owner of Maverick Mosaics, also a Smithsonian Associate Instructor. Bonnie Fitzgerald has been creating beautiful art and creating unique learning experiences since the early 2000s. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, award-winning Smithsonian Associates artist, Bonnie Fitzgerald. Bonnie Fitzgerald. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm excited to talk to you. But first and foremost, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I think this is a special show. We're going to do we're we're going to do several of these with artists. Uh, some are not full time artists necessarily, like you, but all are um, going to be part of the 52 works that were chosen among the over 150 entries in the 2019 Artists at Work competition within the Smithsonian Associates Group. And you are one of those artists. I had a chance to see your work titled My Mom. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I wonder just right at the outset if you would tell us a little bit about why it's unique and, and, and maybe even tell us what inspires you.
2: Sure, sure. First of all, I want to just say that I'm really flattered and pleased that the Smithsonian did this exhibition at all. I just find it fascinating. There's incredible works, and I'm a working artist, but a lot of the folks in the exhibition are not. This is just stuff that they made because they loved the act of doing it. It also speaks to the Smithsonian recognizing that mosaics are a fine art form, and that's not always the case.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I just wanted to, to do a shout-out about that.
0: And your piece, and we'll put a, an image of your piece, which is a mosaic, and and uh, mm-hmm. and so we'll, we'll get into kind of how you constructed it. That in and of itself makes it unique amongst others. And then and then how how do you get inspired? Th- this piece in particular, what inspired you? Because I think it, I think the answer is going to be uh, one that I might expect. But, okay. but tell us.
2: Well, the artwork is a mosaic portrait of my mother, and it's using broken dishes and plates. Clearly, it's a tribute to my mother who, um, when I made this piece, had recently passed away. So I was grieving, and this was a way to put some positive into that very sad reality that my mother was no longer with us. So I'm teaching at the Smithsonian, and it just so happened that the class that we were offering at that session was about mosaics using the broken dish. It's called piquensiet, which literally means stolen plates. I bring a lot of the supplies. I'm looking at all of the plates and dishes, and I realized a lot of them were my mother's because my mother, mother had downsized years ago. Um, I shop at thrift stores and yard sales, and I also was realizing I had collections of a lot of other mothers' and grandmothers' plates and dishes and crockery. As time permits, when I'm teaching these classes, I try to make a piece because I feel the student's see best how to approach their artwork by seeing how I approach mine, both technically, emotionally, aesthetically. So I started working on a piece. My mother's dishes were sitting right there and it was like, oh, well, this is kind of fun. I can make something that's really a tribute to her. And I know my mom would find the whole thing just hysterical that I was using her, her dishes to do this. Um, so that's what really got <laughs> me going on it, was um, really wanting to pay tribute to my mom. Mm-hmm.
0: As I say, we're going to put a picture on the website to share with everybody of the piece. But it is it is just lovely. Your mom just looks, she looks very, she she looks like she has a ton of energy. She looks like she's very engaged. She has these beautiful, bright blue eyes. There's a little piece kind of down by the bottom edge that says mother i'm I'm looking at the piece right now and then it looks almost like you've used delft maybe kind of that dutch delft china in places too and i might not be describing it as as well as i i should be but why don't you tell us a little bit more about kind of the the variety of um the dishes that you used and 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 we're choosing from because it, it 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 really has it almost looks like she literally has this particular floral dress on and has almost this badge and so it's really neat
2: yeah yeah it's fun um so the signature mother was just from a souvenir plate that actually may have been in the house i grew up in that i probably gave my mother as a kid for mother's day and it was a poem and it had mom and mother and so I harvested it just for that word, because I really liked that I could put the title of the piece in the piece. The, the floral stuff is really her dishes. And I remember purchasing um, for her 25th wedding anniversary, my brothers and I chipped in and bought the best china we could buy, which, be clear, was from a little local department store. It wasn't fine china. But I held on to those dishes all those years when, when they retired to Florida. Um, Looking at other mother's dishes, it was like, well, I need something darker because remember, I'm still trying to work this as an art piece. And when you do realism and portraiture, there's dark medium and light. So what's going to be dark? Well, I needed a dark pink to get up under her hairline and I needed other things to help the shadow of her cheek or the color of her, her lips. And so doing broken dish mosaics takes a lot of dishes just so you know, and I, and I had the face pretty much done. And then I didn't have the right outfit. And then this picture was actually, this picture was taken, was used for her memorial card for her, for her memorial service. And she was wearing this blue outfit. That was her church going clothes. So I, you know, set out to the thrift stores and the Goodwill and, um, and I saw these blue plates and it was up. That's it. And so I knew as soon as I saw those plates, even though they weren't her plates, they were some mother's dishes, that that was going to construct the jacket, her outfit, in a pleasing way. Um, I slipped a little piece of 24-karat gold It's a product called Small Tea that's made in Italy, and that is her ring, Um, because she was wearing her ring in this picture, and it was the the wedding ring she wore all of her adult life, you know, my experience of her and um you know and my mom wore glasses and so that was really a challenge like how do i um how do i get those glasses to work and the trick was that from the edge of her of her fine china that i had bought at the department store was a gold rim and so i harvested all of that off to start building the glasses and my mother had beautiful eyes and you know that and i i saw them at the end and um and so those eyes were the first part of the portrait I did, and I did them probably three times before I had them where I was happy, and then I could move on to the rest. So it was a great, it was a great exercise for me. And it was a. Ellen, oh, I don't work in this technique all the time. I haven't made that many PKS yet pieces. And, I, and I, I do do portraiture, um, but this is like way different because I didn't have the palette of materials I do when I use other mediums. Other mosaic materials mm-hmm. and it was fun
0: yeah it the piece looks like you put a lot into it I imagine that was fun because it had to have been very rewarding and I think your work as an artist in general is probably very rewarding to you but tell us a little bit about your work for Smithsonian what what is it that you do there because you're a you're a, a working artist but you also work at within the Smithsonian organization too so let's let's dive into that and then we'll kind of move to the rest of the stuff that you do
1: Sure.
2: Well, first off, um, that audience, the students that I get at the Smithsonian are very different than students I get at other places that I teach. Many of them are coming to Mosaic because um, they're looking for a relief, a release. Um, They see this as an opportunity to create and to maybe learn something new. And for many, It's just about relearning something or or capturing the essence of of visual arts and how can I do something with my hands. So they're a very unique group, those students. They're policymakers and they're in government management. Um, And so they're very challenging for me because I have to kind of get to that childlike wonder in them. And um, it's great fun. So I have to inspire them in a different way than I might have to inspire other Students That I have. And the classes I teach there are, are awesome. So it's a, it's a very nice situation. And I, I am really grateful for the opportunity to, to have those kinds of students pass through my um, or experience my teaching
0: repertoire. When we come back, Bonnie Fitzgerald will share her artistic ideas about passion versus purpose. Bonnie also discusses the very real challenges she's faced as an artist. Very inspiring. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. Many of you, like me, are staying at home to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. And I know many, too, are using this unexpected gift of time to learn something new you might think of exploring your inner interest in the planet and one way for example is to get involved with the 2020 earth optimism digital summit scheduled for the 50th anniversary of earth day april 22nd through the 24th i'm doing this personally and i invite you to be optimistic learn about this wonderful movement titled, of course, Earth Optimism, and check out their website and list of activities, which is changing all the time. So stop by earthoptimism.si.edu. We're going to put all of this in our show notes, but stop by the website and learn about the earth just in time for Earth Day. The 2020 Earth Optimism Digital Summit kicks off April 22nd. So I invite you to learn something new about changing the conservation conversation from doom and gloom to optimism and opportunity. You can check out our show notes for more details and stay tuned for more earth optimism, 2020 information with future guests, but you can go directly of course, to earth optimism.si.edu for all of that information and you'll learn all about the event and all of the great activities. Thank you. We're back with award-winning Smithsonian Associates artist, Bonnie Fitzgerald. Bonnie Fitzgerald, let's talk about two important words for artists the two words that jump out at me often are this idea of purpose and passion. And so how, how do you instill this passion in people who are very purpose-driven? And and maybe tell us the difference between the two words to you.
2: Well, it's funny, cause I, I think about this a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: be clear, I've only really been able to begin to articulate this difference to myself in the last couple of years. Um, so I guess with age comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. So for me, the idea of purpose is with intention. We're doing things with intention. Passion is enthusiasm and urge and excitement. So we need passion to fuel our purpose. I need passion to fuel my purpose because purpose comes first in my mind. And I think for people who work in the arts, um, once they can start to articulate, to understand what that purpose is, they don't even have to think about what, what's driving them, because obviously passion is driving them. So I think that the word passion is really overused. I hear young kids say all the time, oh, I'm just really passionate about working out or whatever. No, no, no. It's not about having that urge or that enthusiasm. Like, what is it that makes you want to do that? It's, what's the intention behind it? So for me, that's that's really the difference. So gee, what's the purpose? Um, for me I'm all about compassion and optimism and inspiring people I'm just as jazzed that you made a piece that you love as you are I I want students to go away feeling really um, impassioned about what they did um, and really excited about it so for me it's you know it's connecting connecting with others Um, my style of teaching is is I'm a wanderer so I The first class, the first hour or so of anything I teach is lecture. with Lots of beautiful imagery to get people excited. And then after that, I'm just wandering the room. I don't sit in any one place. I go from student to student and try to be really engaging with them and have a dialogue so that they can start to figure out what their intention is. And then they'll be passionate and do the work. They get excited. Once they can kind of figure out that intention. So for me, that's the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Seems to be too, that you need both purpose and passion. And, and, it, and it seems like with the purpose, you're going you're gonna to encounter challenges and you need the passion and the enthusiasm to kind of overcome this. So, so maybe tell us a little bit about the challenges that you've faced as an artist.
2: Well, there's lots, (laughs) because it's it's really challenging to make the choice. It's easy to say, I just want to be an artist. The reality of it is really very challenging. And we had talked previously, this is my second act. I came to being a full-time artist, came to be a full-time artist only about 15, 18 years ago. Prior to that, I worked for a very long time in a different industry, in the broadcast uh, television industry, When I decided to become a full-time artist, um, lots of challenges, Uh, first and foremost, let me just say that I'm really grateful every day that I allowed myself to pursue art and specifically mosaic art as a vocation. It has changed my life and opened doors um, that I never would have imagined from just this little kind of subset of art, mosaic art. Um, Mosaic art, all art really takes time and so I think that that's often discounted with art in general it isn't just that I I sit down and break a bunch of stuff up and glue it down it really takes time and thought and um, yeah and so so for for me for mosaic art to And so exhibitions like the exhibition that that my mom is in, they're so special because it's accepting mosaic art as a fine art form and not just a service decoration, not just something that kids do or that we do in a community setting. So for me, as a mosaic artist in particular, that's been a huge challenge. Um, Then there's the reality of being a working artist. So So I'm always balancing, do I have enough revenue stream to cover my financial responsibilities um you know i do custom work i do public art and i teach and i and i'm always juggling all of it because i kind of need all of it to to i'm sorry about that beep i'm always juggling I'm always juggling all of it to make ends meet to meet my responsibilities um so i teach i lead tours i i do um international travel tours. I, um, I make art for other people in other places when all is said and done. My favorite part is teaching and inspiring people to find their wonder, their childlike wonder and for them to be inspired. The other thing with mosaics, like other art forms, there's a lot of technical considerations. You know, do you, you If you want somebody to go outside, it's a whole other adventure than something that's going to be hanging in your home. How do you harvest the materials? How do I break this plate down? How do I cut this rock? Whatever it is we're working in. So there's a lot of technical stuff that goes on that that I have to put out to students for them to understand so that they can Mm. stay inspired and stay motivated to to do the piece. (laughs) Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what a pleasure it is to speak with you and to have met you and, of course, to have viewed this work of yours titled My Mom. Again, we'll put um, a link to where you can find out more information about Bonnie Fitzgerald, where you can see this wonderful mosaic piece that uh, Bonnie Fitzgerald has done of her mom. And we're going to put a link up to where you can find out more information about Bonnie's work via maverickmosaics.com and a link to where you can find her on the Smithsonian Associates page as well. But, You know, Bonnie, this has been great. What a pleasure to speak with you. Congratulations on the win for the Artists at Work Competition. Yes, absolutely. Congratulations. And uh, please uh, join us again.
2: I will. I look forward to it. And um, again, I really appreciate you taking the time for uh, me to spout about mosaic art um, and just how it it can really help all of us have intention and purpose and find some passion to keep it fueled.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you.
2: Thank you. We'll talk again soon.
0: My thanks to Bonnie Fitzgerald and Freddie Edelman, director of Smithsonian Associates. My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. Remember, stay safe, everyone. Practice smart social distancing and talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.